This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We have two in the studio, me and the giant preacher. That's James and the giant preacher. And we got Jim, Jim and Glenn FX. Appreciate you guys calling in. Yeah, no worries. There, it's very possible Sarah said she was coming in over, I, I think, that, well, 7.30 is considered early for her, so she'll be able to get her here soon. But great to have you guys back here today. Good yeah. to be back. You know, I got to tell the listeners of the podcast that this is can be an evil group at times. What they'll do is at nine o'clock at night, they'll send some a text to all of us, knowing that I'm going to stay up all night trying to figure out what it means. No, that is James that sends all of us a text saying, "What are we going to talk about?" <laughs> that, and then we get thirty text messages from same person who has gone down a rabbit hole. Yes. Three different systematic theologies. Yes, you're the one that sent me you and, and Pastor Chris are the ones that sent me down that hole. No, I well, I in fairness to myself, I sent that what last week. So Well, I mean it's the know. first day of the week, first time I've had a chance to comment. I will say this. <laughs> it's the first time this is the first podcast since you sent that text. And I will send it I will read it to you. It's mm. it's, a, it's an interesting text. Uh, you know, you're you're trying to work and you get this. It says, well, give it a sec. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. What were you going to say? Uh, I was going to say that the topics of dissertations are very sensitive, especially since, especially before publishing, because they're trying to be original. So we have to make sure that we are very respectful to the person who we're, who we're talking about. If you're going to talk about the text that I sent you last week. Oh, well, I am. Um... I, was I being critical? No, 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 no. I'm saying that whenever I say sensitive, it's like confidential almost. But I didn't send anything that he was writing on specifically. And so anyway, we could talk about it. But I guess I wanted to. Set, I guess I wanted to set the ground rules that I'm not going to talk about anything specifically in the conversation pertaining to his dissertation. Okay, I assumed when you got it, it was just a couple of students sitting around talking. All right, well. Mm-hmm. DTS is known, I think, known for um, separating justification from sanctification, and and the um, so apparently somebody at DTS may be of the opinion that it should be not so bright of a line separating it. That's what got that's what got this started. That that and do dogs have souls? All right, so <laughs> so we're, I, I, I I personally like it when Chris reads this a passage and he has done what I've asked him to do. He has a passage to read from us and he thinks that that might be a good starting point on this topic. Is that correct? That is correct. The only incorrect thing that has been said thus far in this podcast is this is the first day of the week. Sunday, yesterday was the first day of the week. First podcast of the week. I I don't think you said that, but that's okay. (laughs) 
Are you ready for me to read? For accounting purposes, today's the first day of the week. And, and back in the uh, <laughs> back in the old days of preaching, way back, the uh, many times the the pastor could not read. The minister was not literate. He was illiterate. And so he had someone in the church that could read the passage, and then he would preach. And so many times uh, uh, he would say, read. <clears throat> so I'm going to read. I get it. That's funny. It, you know, I, I, you, you, what you have to do is you have to picture it. Yes, you do. If you picture it. That's and funny. I could go into more detail, but I'm not. Okay, so I'm going to read from James chapter 1, verse 21. I'm going to live, uh, read out of the Living Bible. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts, for it is strong enough to save your souls. And remember, it is a message to obey, not, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you are only fooling yourself. For if you uh, just listen and don't obey it's like looking at your face in a mirror, but doing nothing to improve your appearance. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Anybody want to comment? Yeah, I like that passage uh, pertaining to today's subject. I thought that that was, was very relevant. I do too. I think that's exactly. I think you're right on it, right down mm -hmm. the middle of the of the target. See, oh. I, I, uh, as I said the other day, uh, I believe that sanctification is something that is an ongoing process, and it seems like this passage of scripture in the book of James is telling people that they need to continue to look in the perfect law of liberty, which has uh, uh, been made for us by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we need to see exactly how God wants us to look, how God wants us to act, in other words, how God wants us to walk out what he has given us from the perfect law of liberty. I've got one question for you before we get get ready to get rolling on this. Are you an oak or a squash? That is a very interesting question, and I, I don't know what it has to do with all of this, but I'm going to do this uh, multiple choice, and I'm going to take oak. I, it was from that passage that I read you from. The, he was talk, the preacher was talking. He was a seminary professor. Kid asked him, says, can I take the, make this course shorter? I, 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 I don't want to go full 18 weeks. And he goes, well, you know, God takes 50, 60 years to make an oak, and he takes six months to make a squash. Which one do you want to be, a squash? That's good. Now it all makes sense. Yes. <laughs> all right. But the scripture says we, we should be like a tree planted by living water. Well, Jim, what do you have to say about all this? Um, well, I'm not the one that quite prepared for this the way that you had, and so I was expecting you to open it up with what you said <laughs> and what you and what you right. felt for, for the record justification here. and sanctification was. For the record here, I tried to avoid being 
on the spot here today. I like being the moderator on the non-secular day. <laughs> I tried to escape it last night. I tried to escape it this morning, but apparently it's being left to me. All right. So <laughs> you sent you sent those strings of text. It's not it's not our fault. I mean. <laughs> All right, so this is what the deal is. Strings, strings. I like how you say strings. When, when, when Jim sent that text, I was driving, and I heard it, and I had forgotten about it. And then when I went back to look to see if we had a topic for today, that's when I saw, oh, yeah, Jim sent this thing that somebody DTS, and I was assuming it was a student. It may be a professor. I don't know who it is, and Jim's not going to divulge that, and I don't want him to. But basically, that we should not be drawing a, a bright line but separating um, – justification from sanctification okay and what i said to that was this that logically i think you should but practically i don't think you can because the same faith that gives you justification is the same faith that gives you sanctification it's the exact same one and it only takes a little bitty tiny bit of faith to be saved god says that well that same little bitty tiny faith is what you start with but we don't want to finish with that and so that it, it's, it's almost impossible for someone to look and say, well, is he being sanctified now or justified now? Because that little bit of faith is what it takes to become saved is what you work. With, all right. Now, over time, hopefully you're persevering through, through this walk with Christ as you grow as a mature in, to a mature believer to, to take a turn that I learned as a kid. You want to become a mature believer. At some point, that faith is going to grow. And I think that's why a lot of people like Doc are going, was I even saved? Yes, you were, or you wouldn't be where you are. The reason that you're advancing in faith is because you're saved. You're showing with your works, you're showing with your maturity that you are, you've been saved all this time. But sometimes you've got to look back and go, man, I didn't know any of this stuff. Well, no, you couldn't. All right. So I think it blurs because practically it's the same thing that got both of them for you. What else did I have to say about it? Um, the, um, well, the justification is instant. It's instantaneous when you receive Jesus as your savior, Lord and savior. And so the sanctification is an ongoing process. Correct. Correct. I'm saying that I agree with you, but what I'm saying is I don't think that it's very easy for you to sit and say, what would happen right at that chronologically, what happened at that moment? Logically, I'm absolutely with you. And instantaneously, you were justified. You were free from the penalty of sin. But, but practically and chronologically, it's hard to tell. But you started growing with that little bitty mustard seed of faith. Now that faith has gotten bigger. It's a big oak now. You started with an acorn. Now you got this big oak of faith that, that comes over time. That's sanctification. And I do believe they're separate. But I don't think it's easy at all to see where you were at what point chronologically in your life. At some point, you accepted Christ. You made him. You turned away from sin towards God with that little bit of mustard seed of faith. That's it. I don't. I don't know what else to say. It's 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 a very very fine line. I mean, excuse me. It's 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 going to be chronologically. It's going to be splitting frog hairs. But not logic. Well, it's kind of like this. When when you're born again, it's like you're a babe in Christ. And you have you have the ability, uh, innate ability to grow in Christ. And so the passage I read was about 
looking in the, the mirror, which is the word of God. And like I say all the time, you can see who you are in Christ. You can see what you have in Christ and you see what you can do in Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus is a propitiation of our sin. And when you look at the Septuagint, which uh, is the uh, Greek rendering of the Old Testament, um, the mercy seat and perpetuation is exactly the same idea, the same thought, the same word. In, in the Septuagint, it, it brings that out. And so uh, the mercy seat is where the priests went in, and it was like the lid, uh, and there were three things in there. And all three of those things, you can see that there was uh, had been some rebellion in these things, these three things, the rods, the, the, uh, uh, the um, manna, the rods, the manna, and the law is in there. And remember when, when it had been lost in the wilderness and it was being sent back to Israel because the enemy didn't want it anymore. Uh, bad things were happening to them. And as it was traveling along, somebody raised the mercy seat and looked in. And when they did, they were struck dead, those that looked in. And so Jesus, the, he the Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Almighty God does not want us to continue to look at sin. He wants us to look in the, uh, the Word of God, see who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ, and what we can do in Christ. And it, 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 we can't keep looking at sin. We've got to look at who we are. So that's what I've got mm -hmm. to say about that part. Good stuff, Jim. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so as far as sanctification and justification goes, I wish that Sarah were here because I know that the Catholics believe that you can lose your salvation, and a large part of that stems from this merging together of justification and sanctification, which the Protestants separate in that regard. Logically. I want to make sure we clear, clarify that. Right, right. Yeah, we separate and, it logically, but the Catholics don't separate that. And part. scripturally, yes. Yeah, all right, yeah. yes, the scripture, the scripture, you take the scripture and you say, all right, well, all I'm trying to say is reason. When you reason what the scripture says, sanctification comes after justification. There is a distinct line, in my opinion, of the two. But chronologically, it's very, very difficult to see. That's what I'm trying to get at, because that's where we go into this. OK, well, I baptized. Yes, you get baptized. Why? Because God told you to. And I want to say, say this, because I was first of all, I was mostly FXing. I was on the I was listening to tapes and whatnot to the preacher because he was so far away. We would go only rarely. I didn't get baptized till later in life. And the reason I didn't was I knew it wasn't part of my salvation. And I didn't. For whatever reason, get the get the command to do it. I don't know why it was slipping me, but one day I was reading the Bible as an older person. I think it was in my forties, late forties. I was going like, wait a second, he's commanding me to do this just like. And so I I went got baptized immediately. I mean, the next week uh, because because I couldn't wait. I went, wait a second, I'm supposed to do this. It's a command. It has nothing to do with whether I'm justified or not. But mm -hmm. I would what say. Go ahead. Do, do you believe that you get baptized for the remission of sins? Well, you know, I, I have every time I, every time someone brings that one up, it's one of those things that slips my mind. I have to go back mm -hmm. and read it. But every time I read it, it's clearly a sanctification passage. But I, I Jim, I'm not I, you know me. That's my weakness. 
is that I don't retain verses. Well, the thief on the cross did not get water baptized, and yet he's in heaven. Well, the, but what he said is the, it does say with remission of sins, and I'm sure that God. I know that passage. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, what do we do with that, Chris? The, the I got water baptized <laughs> several times, actually, <laughs> through the years. What, what verse is that, Jim? So that's going to be Acts. One second. Uh, oh, we should not two. be. We should not be reading Acts anymore because then we'll be speaking in tongues and stuff. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> it would be beneficial. <laughs> it was a joke. I know it was, but I just want to go on record. One sec. I'm going to find it as soon as you guys start talking again. That's how this works. works. Of course it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's Acts 2.38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every Actually, so let me, uh, let me go back so that we can get some of the context. I'll start from verse 36. Um, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the, re- for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. You know, it's very interesting that you read that, because yesterday I was talking to a minister older than me, so we could just call him Methuselah. And um, he uh, he was arguing with me that that passage was not in the Bible. Now, I'm going to I'm going to see him later today. <laughs> and and, and uh, in fact, yeah. I, I took a few oh minutes. Gosh, look what you started. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, not meaning to do anything. I took a few minutes this morning and I was so uh, so involved in, in, with this uh, podcast uh, preparing for it that I didn't look that passage up. So I was so glad you were reading that. Uh, the only mistake I made, I thought it actually said in King James that he uh, uh, said to baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so all, all, I, all we were doing was uh, uh, kind of uh, debating because there is a group of people that only baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then they go after people that have many converts uh, pastors, uh, churches that have many converts, and they tell them, how were you water baptized? Oh, we were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, you weren't baptized right. You're not saved. You're not going to heaven. Uh, you had to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, when that came over to me many years ago, my pastor told me, said, Chris, what you need to do is you just go ahead and use the whole Bible. So all these years, I've water baptized people in the river in West Virginia, in a, a hole of water up on the hillside in West Virginia, and in the creek of West Virginia. And I've baptized them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do I feel like that it's necessary to say all of that? No, I do not. But uh, the thing is, it, it would stop people from stealing my converts. So that's where I'm. That's where I'm coming from. There. <laughs> uh, that's good. But I mean, you do have scriptural justification. Whenever I say justification, I don't mean in a salvific sense. But you do have scriptural justification 
her baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's in Matthew, what, 28, 19. And that's what Jesus so, said, yeah. Right, right. And so I don't know I don't know why there would be division over that. I don't know why you would pit one apostle against the other. Anyway, or what was the scripture you just read? Where was that? Um, it's, oh, Acts 2, 38, as far as um, baptizing for the forgiveness of sins. Okay, thank you. In fact, yeah, in that yeah, particular right. denomination, I think they even have a song about Acts 2.38, and their ministers uh, quote it quite a bit uh, because yeah. they, they really kind of use that to uh, hammer the heads of people in other denominations, and that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. And also another thing is there's a difference between conversion and justification, right? Is that what you said uh, yesterday, Dad? Yes, the difference between conversion and justification is vast. Uh, okay, so could you lay that out for the audience and for me? And for me. You know, <laughs> I'm the least qualified to speak on these topics. I'm the least. Whatever. I am the least of these. Well, your son <laughs> is on record here to qualify you <laughs> if you make a disqualification. Conversion, conversion is an act of man. Justification is an act of God. We'll start with that. That's that's a fact. Well, that makes sense. I know. Well, I'm just saying. There's when you ask if they're different, the answer is yes. And conversion is is the, the Reader's Digest version is man turning away from sin towards God. Okay. And that okay. and that to me to me that's what that acts so act, that's what that acts passage is really. So about. who initiates that? Does God initiate that or the person? All right. Well. The, the God side, the God side of that is regeneration. That is God giving you a new holy disposition through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So that's regeneration. So we're we're talking about salvation in its preparation at that point. So so, yes, I find them completely different, and you can't you can't you can't confuse the two because it's going to sound like you you're going it's going to come across like the when when they misquoted Finney. Um, and I think they did. And, and I have, listen, I've been quoted people all the time. And I, and I, I do believe that, that neither one of them intended to misconstrue what Finney had to say. Now, I'm surprised they even read Finney because he is very, you know, I'm not saying that. I do too. I love reading that stuff. In fact, I ended up reading Finney for about two hours the other night because of YouTube goons. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. <laughs> He brought up the West Virginia pastor. This I'm talking about. Chris, the, the 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 giant preacher brought up this pastor in West Virginia, which we should that should be like that's like having someone from Nazareth. Um, <laughs> the someone from West Virginia pastor said that you are immediately uh, sanctified upon accepting Christ. That he has them right there together, and you you're there. You would never intentionally commit another sin. Now I have heard again. I'm I'm an amateur guys, but I know about the antinomians. And is am I saying that word right? Those guys are saying once you accept Christ, you can go out and be what you want to be. There's no you're not even you're not even you're not even subject to the law anymore. Have fun. And that's demonic. That's well, I know, and I'm and I'm and antinomians would probably say I'm stretching it too far. Probably am, but they're basically saying that I don't think you are. But go ahead. And then there's those who. Say that you could acquire perfection while on earth, which I don't agree with them either. No. I think that it's it's a walk with God, and you're not free. You're going to have the old sin nature in you till the day you die, but you're going to defeat it. The power of that sin over you 
by and large, yeah. right? Yeah. And actually what I said was that a lot of preachers would say you need to be saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. And they would testify. Then, then they had testimony services back then. And they would get up and say, I'm saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. Well, it wouldn't take a whole lot to, to see them lose their sanctification. Mm-hmm. Because if they got crossways with their wife right after church or where they were going to eat, they'd probably lose their sanctification. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? I'm making a joke, but I'm also telling telling the truth about sanctification. Well, yeah, okay. I, I'm with you. I, I mean, that, that leads down a, another rabbit trail on, on what you're supposed to do when I don't say you lose your sanctification because, again, that's if you're going to, if we're talking, if we're talking soteriology, you're, you're incorrect to say that. And the reason I say that is, is because God sanctifies you persevere. And when you don't persevere because your wife wants to eat someplace that you, you're well, what, what really happens where it makes your wife bad to say, I don't care where we eat. And, and then you say, I want to eat at Southern Classic. I don't want to eat there. Glenn and I that laugh so about true. our wives doing that all the time. Well, yeah, you know, uh, I haven't thought of it that way, but I do believe that way. Because you are sanctified means you've been set apart. Okay. So when you're born again, you're set apart from the world. Absolutely. By God. Yeah, by God. Yeah. And so uh, sanctification, maybe there's, there's, there's two levels of sanctification. Well, no, I, I, I'm just, I, now listen, I wouldn't normally make that correction, except that we are talking soteriology where I want to stay logically consistent. Yeah. And, and that's what got me down that rabbit hole. It, to let you know that if Finney had really said what he was quoted as saying regarding sanctification, I would have said, I need to figure out how this systematic theology of Finney would work. Yeah. Well, when I went to read it, I was going like, well, no, he doesn't believe that you're instantly no longer going to sin. In fact, he's saying you could lose your salvation. So I started reading him, and, and I was going like, where are they getting that? So I had to finally do a search, and I found he was talking about regeneration. Totally different area. You have to be, if you're talking about soteriology, you need to stay logical. I'm not saying that I'm right, but stay logical, at least try to understand. Well, well, All right, so, so what I'm getting at is this, Pastor. I would normally say you're right. That's sanctification. You could, you're, 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 you're not being sanctified right now. <laughs> because why you're no longer letting God control your life. That's perseverance. There's a human side to sanctification. God's setting you aside for his good work. You are persevering in his training and, and discipline when necessary. And I do think he disciplines his children. He, who he loves, he chastens. All right. So does that answer your question, Jim, or am I still off? So, well, no, no, no. Like I, I wanted to go into that difference between justification and conversion because there are things that we are doing on the human side, and I was wondering if baptism could be considered part of that conversion experience. I, I don't think that it does. I think it's definitely representative of it. Now, that's let me let me make sure you know this. I'm not saying I'm right. That's what I believe. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I, I think the yeah where where the uh, where the kink is in that. Uh, it says, uh, I think you already quoted it, 
that we are to be saved and baptized for the remission of our sin. And so repent, repent and be baptized. Yeah. And you, I think you see those two things. You see those two terms used repeatedly, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You see repent and be baptized over and over and over. Well, not maybe not over and over and over again. A few but definitely times, repeatedly. Yeah. But I, I definitely think that it is, again, when you start talking about the practicality of it, I do believe that you're splitting frog hairs. When does it happen? And I believe that absolutely when you get baptized, you need to be thinking that's why this is what this is representative of. I am being baptized to repent for my sins. It, it's like a, yeah. And he said remission. I, I don't see, I don't know the Greek and well enough. That I would like if you know that's I would love to have the ability to do what Jim's going to have the ability to do, and that's to take a verse and ask fifty questions about one line. That's what they do, and I'd like to do that. All right, I'd like to find out what exactly the word remission means. What does, does the word um, repent mean? Repent for your sins. I do believe, Jim, that it's so instantaneous that it's that's blurry. But I cannot, in my systematic theology, the way I see it, the way I understand it, I cannot put anything that a human does that would add to their salvation. And that would be including baptism. Well, that baptism is a public confession. I agree. And if, if the minister says what's happening, this is a picture of this person has died. And so we're going to put him in a water grave. Now we're going to bring him up out of the water grave uh, to newness of life. This is a picture of what has already happened to him. So, so what I'm getting at is exactly, I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, that's the way, best way to put it. Uh, the way I see it is, is that conversion is that decision that you make to follow Christ. Right. And the first thing you're going to do, it probably should be do is baptize, get baptized. And it's tight, but I don't think that if you accept Christ today in the churches until Sunday, you get a car accident on Friday, that you're going to hell because you haven't you haven't baptized. I don't think that's it. that's it at all. That would not be the mercy of God at all. Um, Pastor Wood, uh, do you have a Bible verse about baptism being a public confession of faith? I don't believe I do, but I might come up with it on the way home today. <laughs> no, I don't okay, think I do. That would be helpful. Yeah. Um, because I personally, I uh, I have hesitation in calling it a public confession of faith because there are instances of private baptisms, even though there's someone else there helping them. It's not a public act in front of people. Well, I've, I, I don't know that I've ever seen a water baptism without somebody witnessing it. Well, yes, by definition. If there's, yeah, if there's no witnesses, there for, you won't be there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I agree that there's always someone there and you could call that person a witness, if you will. But is the purpose for that person to witness your baptism or is it for what I see the scripture saying is for it's, it's a forgiveness of sins? Can, can you name a time? Let's do it the other way. Can you name a time in the Bible where there was a baptism? There was no witnesses. Right, you're calling them witnesses, but are, was that the intention of that person being there? I'm just asking, is there any instance where you did not have it public? 
if you're if you're being water baptized for the remission of sin, um, actually it is it even even with the verbiage that's used there, it you're you're going through a picture of what has happened to you. I don't think that as soon as you hit the water and get back up that you were converted at that moment. You were converted a week or two earlier or the day before or an hour before. And so that's the way I would look at it. I think that we can split hairs on this, but I think uh, the bottom line is that uh, uh, who was it? Uh, was it uh, they came to water and somebody said, uh, uh, there's that was Philip in the eunuch. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and and so, uh, as far as I know, I mean, I haven't looked at that passage lately. I don't think there were any witnesses there. And he just wanted to go through with what has been uh, uh, commanded. And that was to be water baptized. He wanted to do it quick, not later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, to answer your question, there's always technically someone there. Would I call them a witness? Like, a, would you call me you could call me a witness to this podcast, but really I'm just here as a participant on here. I wouldn't say that my primary role on this podcast is to be witness to you guys talking. Well, you and witnessed, so, you witnessed us talking. <laughs> yeah, I know I did, but that's not my primary role. And so I'm just asking like, is the primary role of my being on this podcast, a participant or a witness, just like someone else's primary role of leading someone to baptism is it to lead them to baptism or is it to witness their profession of faith. And I, I wouldn't say this to witness their profession of faith. I think that there's something more important happening with baptism, at least in my reading of scripture. Oh, I got you. Well, he's, I, I think I'm getting it is, is that there's the, the purpose of the baptism is not, is not to evangelize. It's, it's personal to the person being baptized. Well, I can, I can, I can go along with, there's a supernatural aspect to being water baptized. Uh, I, I'm not going to split hairs over that. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that either. I'm just, I'm more thinking this through more than anything, uh -huh. because I know that the, especially in Protestant circles, actually only in Protestant circles, Catholicism uh -huh. has no bones about it. They, they say baptism is a necessary part of salvation. Now I know that a lot of things are a necessary part of salvation for Catholics, but for Protestants, we have a tendency of saying baptism is not necessary for salvation. I know what they're saying. It's not necessary for justification. Mm -hmm. Whenever I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out because, yeah, justification is all on God's side. We're not doing anything as far as justification goes. But if conversion is the other side of the coin for justification, then maybe. No, it's not. First, but, but I know what you're saying it's not. Well, what wait, about? Wait, say this again. You're saying that conversion is not the other side of the coin of justification? Right. I think it's the other side of the coin of regeneration. Of regeneration. What's the other side of the coin of justification? There isn't any. It's strictly God. Okay. What's the other side of the Well, why is but sanctification strictly God? And there's another side of the coin to that. Perseverance. Yes. But so I'm trying to figure that one out because we just because something strictly God means that there's not another side of the coin for it? No. It's cause, because there's oh. no side of the coin. I don't think there's another side of the coin for justification. I think I think okay. he does that. I think he he impute those are, to me the, the, the in its preparation. God does two things that I I can think of off the top of my head. There's more to that, but I can think of two right off the top of my head. One being union with Christ, Holy. That means 
indwelling by the Holy Spirit, I think that's a gift that we play no role in. It's there when we convert. Okay. Justification being free from the penalty of sin. Absolutely. God does that. We have no role in that. He does that. Then we're now to follow him because we suppose if we've turned away from sin towards Christ, our governing disposition he gives us in, in, in regeneration is there with the Holy Spirit being there. We are now going to walk with Christ. If you think for one moment you can ignore his order to be baptized, I think that you're not persevering. You're not doing what God has asked you to do. And so I would question myself, am I really saved if I'm not willing to go get baptized? All right. So I'm getting with you. I don't know. I, I would definitely put it tier three. How do we do baptisms? I don't have a problem with with you and putting it the way you do the baptisms. I don't have a problem with that. What about sprinkling? You know, I, I, my, I have a whole lot of problems with the way the Catholics do that as far as my, as my, as far as my theology goes. Okay. I don't think it belongs at the way they do it. I don't think that, I don't think sprinkling a baby does anything. Okay. No, I'm not talking about a baby. I'm talking about a full grown individual. I would think it suffices. Yes. I don't think that God's going to go, well, you know, you didn't get deep enough. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree with that. Now I don't have a problem with people that have been sprinkled. Right. In fact, I, I preached that lately up on Lake Darbonne because I had a crowd of all kinds of believers from different denominations. And a Catholic man nearly ran up to me at the end of the service to say, thank you for what you said. Now, it's an interesting thing if you're bad, if you're Catholic, and I do believe that Catholics are saved just like we are. And sure. If you become a mature Catholic or a mature Protestant, you're, you're, you're going to end up same spot. Uh, I do believe that the fact that they believe that water baptism at christening was sufficient. I don't think they're being disobedient at that point. You see what I'm saying? By not going back and getting it when you, after you're accepting Christ. Now, it, the interesting thing would be a Catholic converts. In fact, a good friend of mine just died in October, found out. We've been trying to call him and nobody would return my call. No wonder he, was, he, had, he had passed away. Anyway, I found out this morning. But anyway, he, he converted from Catholic to to a conservative Methodist church. And that church did baptize him again. So even though he had been, as a, a child, been sprinkled, he got a water baptism in, in, in as he was ordered. You know, his, his, and his I think that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, would, I would recommend that to people, but I'm not going to go so far as to say that if you don't do it, that you're not going to make heaven. Yeah, so... Trying to make concluding remarks in my head about this because I don't think that this is going to be something that's solved today. But as far as you're concerned, Dad, you're saying that there are, I think you're saying there are three steps uh, in the salvation process while we're here on earth. Like this is excluding glorification, but there's regeneration, then justification, or would you swap those two? All right. Again, I separate those things in my mind that, that those that that there is a a salvation in its preparation. Well, define uh, each of those words for me. Regeneration. Right. Well, we're going to we're going to we're going to say that there's election, calling, union with Christ, regeneration, justification, sanctification, perseverance, and glorification. 
there's the things that separate if you want to get into all of them. That, is that election happens. and calling to all the world? Well, I mean, you're definitely sending us down a rabbit hole there that I don't think <laughs> You don't think the it answer, is? No, the answer is yes. But I mean, okay. but, but, okay. but the question is, is that you start getting into whether that calling is, is irresistible. And so we don't, I just, I just don't think we need no, to No, it's in. not irresistible. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I think that the only to be fair from there is we need to bring somebody who believes that and, and let's talk to him about it. We've had him. We've had David Bors going here to, 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 to talk about it. But anyway. So he believes that ir, so what's, irresistible. So with that said, what's our question? So the question is for you to, or I guess not the question, but the directive is for you to lay out regeneration justification. Yes sanctification by defining them and describing logically even though practically they might happen at the same time but logically what those steps are well first of all that's you're asking me to to, to teach a lesson on soteriology exactly well <laughs> <laughs> what right, specifically what's the question which one regeneration first and well logically in your head could you just arrange regeneration, justification, and sanctification? Okay. I, I, I call regeneration, regeneration is there's a human side to that, okay, of, as opposed to union with Christ and justification. All right. So I look at, I look at, at regeneration, the human side of it is you have to turn away from sin towards Christ. All right. That's the, listen, there's more to it than that. That's the Reader's Digest version. All right. Union with Christ and justifications are imputations. Those are things that God does for you free. All right. There's no human side to that. The human side to it, when you start talking about what happens with that new holy disposition, that's sanctification. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your life or are you allowing the old sin nature to guide your life? That's the perseverance side of certain sanctification. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so I guess the concluding remark in my head, as far as this is a tentative conclusion for me, and it is subject to change many times, probably. I, I personally see baptism as part of that conversion. I know that you don't, but I'm starting to see it more and more as that's something that is done. It's not necessarily immediate. I agree with you that if someone converts and they don't have an opportunity of being baptized until next week and they die in a car crash, that they're not going to hell because they weren't able to get baptized. But I see it as something that's, it's, it's, it requires immediate action whenever that action can take place. That's what I'm reading in the scripture. And repent and baptize are a combination of words that are used together in Scripture repeatedly. And so I see it as part of that conversion. What would your guys' criticisms be to that? Well, I mean, I've given you my, my, my problem mm -hmm. with that. My problem with this is that, is that I do not believe that you can do anything, even in obedience, to be justified or to have union with Christ. I believe that's a complete and total gift from God. And the second you add anything to that, I believe that you've put works into it. I think that you've now blurred the line and you've created a works-based salvation. I'm going to have to be set baptized to be saved. Whereas if you take it consistently and say, I'm doing this for the resistance of my sins, meaning that I 
am a sinner. I recognize a sinner. I, I have converted. This is my initial step, my walk of, of remission of sins. I'm, I've, God asked me to do this, and therefore, that's out of the way. We'll go to what First John 1, 9 from here on out. Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking about that one because it, I have I have trouble determining or defining what works are and what are not. And baptism being a work is another one of those things. Like if we we can always say that stuff is not a work and just keep adding things to that column of conversion, and then all of a sudden you have works-based salvation, even though you don't know it, simply because you're redefining what a work is. But I would like to know what the definition of works are in first century Christianity. I I missed uh, a little bit of this, but let me throw this scripture in real quick. The scripture says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How's that fit into what we're talking about? Yeah, my dad would say that that's sanctification. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or that's perseverance. Perseverance. I right? agree. I agree. Yeah, Since we're talking so so soteriology, he is correct. Technically, it would be perseverance. Okay. Uh-huh. Now, I don't normally make that distinction because it's 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 sort of like every, people don't use the subjunctive anymore. Once you study Spanish, you see it, and you can't help but use a subjunctive mood. Well, people don't use it anymore. I hear it, but I'm not going to correct you. But it's actually, you're not supposed to say, if I were, was a rich man, I, if I were. I'm not going to correct you every time. But if you're talking about an English class, and I'm in an English class, and we're talking about the subjunctive, I'm going to go, that should have been the subjunctive. That's kind of what we're doing here today. Normally, I'm not going to correct anybody on saying it was a sanctification issue. Because if the human side's perseverance, let's move on. You see what I'm saying? But today, you're right, Jim. It's a perseverance issue. <clears throat> yeah. And so... I'll, I'll have to think about that a little bit more. I'm sure that I'll come across that while I'm here at DTS as uh, far as what works are. That that class that I uh, that I pulled, found on Finney, um, I have a feeling that class, whatever that class was, that looks like a soteriology class. I have a feeling you're going to cross it there, and they'll go into it in detail. I, I, it's one of those things again, though. I don't. It's so vital that you do it. That it's such an order that you get baptized again it's it's I, I can't imagine you not wanting to if you've really had a conversion experience and so it's yeah. so tight but logically i'm going to say no i can't logically i cannot make i can't possibly especially not if i'm going to do it at any point um yeah i guess it would be mm, yeah I would have to put it at conversion if if I were to make something that you did to deserve to be saved, you'd have to put it in conversion and I can't do it. I just can't I can't do that. To me, it's a turning toward away from sin towards Christ. The first thing Christ is gonna say, now go be baptized. Go, go do it. Don't pass though, because do it the very first Sunday you can. And 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 make but and it's gonna be one of those things if you don't do it, I'm gonna wonder about you. Now again, I think that I really do believe if I even though I was 40-something before I got baptized, I think I was fine because I did not understand it to be an order. Now, once it became an order, I went straight and did it. I didn't, tell you, I didn't mess around at all. Um, do you guys see a hesitation by Protestants to say the baptism for the forgiveness of sins? I, I think, I think yes, there is, a, there is a hesitancy on it because it doesn't make sense to them. Because it, it does look clear. 
and saying, yeah, that's how you, that's why you do it for the remission of sins. Um, and I, and again, I'd like to break that sentence down some more, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm going to just say, I don't think it makes that, that, that logically it makes no sense to me. And so I have to, again, you, if I, if we want to go through that verse, we can have a podcast on that someday where I actually go and read what does it mean and whatnot. All I'm doing is regurgitating my knowledge or what I think I know about soteriology. And it all makes sense to me, Jim. I can't be moved off of it easily because it all makes sense to me. Even mm-hmm. even when you tie into that um, dispensations, the you know the, imp- the imputing of the Holy Spirit in you, you can't deserve that. You can't baptize. You can't cuss. You can't uncuss. You can't be good. You can't do anything. God did that as a free gift. It's absolutely free that that uh, being indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. It's an imputation. Right. And so that's how I come up with it. But I, again, I'm not here to defend it with passages. I'm here to defend it with my study of of theology and my understanding of it, which helps me. But that's why I went down that rabbit hole with Finney. The second that 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 Pastor Chris said that it was just in passing almost that those people in West Virginia or a person in West Virginia believed that you were totally sanctified at justification. Well, I was going like, how? I've got to see that theology. I got to see how that ties well, in. Well, actually, I, I didn't go into detail. What they would do, they they would get saved, and then at the end of a lot of their services, you would come down and you would kneel down and pray that you might get sanctified. And I don't know. This was not my belief, so I don't know all the details in that. Except they would say, well, so-and-so is not sanctified yet. They're saved, but they're not sanctified. And they need to get down at the altar and pray through to sanctification. And to me, that's baptism. To me, what that's saying is they want to start the sacrifice. That's a little different than saying you're totally sanctified. I, I, I would say that you started the sanctification process upon I don't know what else. I can't think of a better way. Can you think of a better way to start the perseverance process than getting baptized? I believe that. And and I also want to say that I do not believe that you get saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost. I want to make clear that nobody thinks that I believe that. I, I mean, I, I never thought that. Yeah, I want to let you yeah. know that I never once thought yeah. that you thought but, that. But I do want to say this about uh, something that you said. Everybody that gets born again, it is by the Holy Spirit that they get born again. The Holy Spirit is involved in you accepting Jesus Christ, okay? So they went to a a group of people, I think it was at Ephesus. I'm sure Jim's going to correct me, and that will be fine. But (laughs) but they went, went to this group of people, and they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Okay, if they believed they had the Holy Spirit involved in their salvation and them being born again. But there's another work of grace to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I, I, that's why I quoted the, the scripture, not, not verbatim, but they had gone to this one group of people and said, have you, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. Right. But it's, it's there. Yes. It doesn't matter whether you knew and or it's, not. It's but a baptism of the Holy Ghost. But, but just to make absolutely sure, and I don't think you were saying this, but do not think 
that I'm saying there's not a human side of this. Conversion is there. You have to turn away. Absolutely. And then the regeneration process takes place in that. But that imputation of the, of, of union with Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and the justification of free gifts. Yes. Absolute free yes. gifts. Yes. Yes. And the Holy Spirit's involved in that. There's still a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in sanctification. Say that again. What you call tongues, and I'm going to say I understand what you call tongues. Uh-huh, I understand uh-huh. the whole, that's yeah. sanctification. Well, I can say with the book of Jude says, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Okay, fine. That and is, and, and I can say that the Word of God says this. It says that you don't just use this just any time that you want to. Because if you're sitting down with somebody to have a meal, don't you pray in tongues. You pray in your language. Well, I'm going to say this to make sure you know where I was coming from because okay. you said this before. Yeah. Speaking in tongues has nothing to do with your salvation as far as justification. That's, not, that's right. That's right. So so yes. that's all I was saying. Right. As long as people. Because understand. there is a group of people that believe that you're not saved till you speak in tongues. Right. And that's the same uh, group of people that I believe they'll go around saying, uh, claiming you get saved sanctified and full of the Holy Ghost. Well, Glenn has held his tongue all this time. Do you have anything you'd like to say, Glenn? like to say, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a contentious point among Christians. Um, these soul pairs, as you put them, uh, some people get very passionate about how this splits out. I, I, if I look at human nature, it seems to me that you know, if you look at what Jesus and God think about this, they're saying you guys are worried about the wrong things might be what they say. That that would be something I would not be surprised if Jesus would say. Um, I don't know that he did say that at all. But these things were when we get into the minutiae of this um, argument, I guess, and not into the the real context, in my opinion, of how this is not something that people, how can I put this better? It's not something that I think is going to send someone to heaven or hell. Um, If you're trying to follow God's word, you might, you know, as a human, screw it up. I mean, it happens. But I think the Lord sees your heart, and because he knows your heart, Jesus knows your heart, then if you're trying and working towards these concepts we talked about today, I think that's what God requires. He requires you to actively work on it. And and Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, Glenn, I think that's what this podcast is totally about. It's about sanctification, and that is trying to to live a a clean life before the Lord and asking for His help. Yes, and I think you know once you think you can do it alone, that's when kind of I don't know. Uh, yeah, all of our the, uh, yeah, all of our works, our works is just filthy rags as far as God is concerned. So I, I you know what's in the heart, I think is where. Ironically, I didn't mean to say this, but what's in the heart is at the heart of this. Um, you know, we the only way humans can tell what someone is thinking or feeling is through their words. 
And we talked about the power of your, the mouth last last uh, time we met. And the power of words is something. It was actually a, actually a, some training I did back in the restaurant business. I called it the power of words. And that you'd be careful what you say to your people because it can really affect them. Yes. And we think words are useless. They're not. They're the only way we can see into someone's um, thoughts. And some, you know, our words can lie. We can lie to ourselves. We can lie to the Lord. Uh, we may realize it or not realize it. But I think there comes a point at which we'll know that, you know, I've often said this, you don't get into heaven on a technicality. You don't go to hell on a technicality. Uh, so the Lord, the Lord knows what's in your heart, really, even if you're lying to yourself. So that's where I think I have comfort because of that. Sometimes when I misstep, um, when I think, you know, when I pray, I think about all the things I, you know, anger, the, the judgments, the things I was not proud of, that, that, uh, which, you know, uh, unfortunately is a lot for me. See, I can tell you that Glenn is going to, after this podcast is over, he's going to take this podcast and he's going to try to upload it to where it can be heard. He will have to confess his sins. After <laughs> Many times. There's a lot of colorful metaphors. Yo, yo, let me say this, guys. I, I want everybody that's listening to this, though. I know my, my son knows this and I think that Chris and Glenn know this too. This is the theology I grew up with and I've learned it I hope hopefully well enough that I can ex- explain what it is I believe. I don't claim to have a monopoly on right at all at all. And I don't get upset when someone disagrees with me. I just use the system that I learned to compare. And that, and again, when Jim said that about somebody there was saying we might be making too bright a line between justification and sanctification, I didn't look, what I responded with was straight off the top of my head. I've been studying this stuff since I was probably 10, 12 years old. The pastor that we have drilled it into us. Okay. Over and over and over again, you learned your, 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 your soteriology. Well, I'm not saying I'm right, Jim, at all, at all. I just wanted you to understand where I was coming from and say, okay, I, and I do believe it. I will let you know that. I believe, every, I believe everything I said today, but that doesn't mean I think I'm right, if that makes sense. Well, I think you're right, unless I misunderstood you. I think that you're right, and it's taken me many years to come to that conclusion. And I'll say this on top of what's been said. The old timers, and I always say that, the old timers said, if you make much of the blood of Jesus, the blood will make much of you. Mm, and and guess what? You were not supposed to lift that mercy seat where the blood was poured out and look at the stuff on the inside. Because that when that blood hit that mercy seat, their sins were forgiven for one year. And the next year they poured the blood out again. And Jesus, and Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We got a, a powerful, mighty salvation, and we should make much of the blood and make much of our salvation. Jim? 
Back to you. Um, yeah, so I agree that it's all about faith and that the works are an outworking of that faith and that you can combine Paul with James in that regard, where Paul says that it's all, uh, was it, it's by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then James says, faith without works is dead. That those two are combined in the sense that it's that faith that's the thing that saves. But, and, and it's God. Like, I, I want to make sure that that's clear, but God requires that faith from his believers and that his works come from that faith, not the other way around. It's not the works that save you. And so I want to make that clear that I don't think that there are any works that can save human beings, but there's that faith inside that makes them, I hate to say this, justified, but that's the English translation of the word that's used wherever it describes Abraham, that he was, his faith made him justified. And so... Well, it's all right. So the faith, without that faith, there would be no conversion. Without conversion, there would be no justification. That's why I said that in one of the footnotes to that long text I sent, was that logically, it's, it's conversion and regeneration. Practically, it's justification. Just understand that you did nothing to deserve that justification. Where did it come from? Through faith. Same faith, the same faith that, that sanctifies. The same faith that you have during perseverance is the exact same faith that it took to convert. That's why I say that's right. Through faith, there it shows you my works because now I'm in a sanctification process and you are expected to produce results at that point. Yeah. Yes. And I, and, and I, hmm, James is correct in the sense, obviously he's correct. He's, he's correct in the sense that he's an apostle. But as far as the. Me? Um, no. <laughs> the book of James. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as, as far as the faith without works is dead, if you don't have works, and we talked about this on the podcast, if you don't have works, then it's uh, I, I would conclude you don't have faith. If you don't have works. That's if you good, haven't been yeah. baptized, if that's a work, if that's now working of that faith through works, then yeah, you haven't been saved. But it's not that baptism that saves you. Well, and, so, and, and it could be it could be that you're ignorant on the matter and that you've been reared in a in a sect that tells you not to be baptized. But then again, that's a whole nother conversation. Well, I would say I would say this. I think that the Catholics fit that description. They're, you're doing it to, is a, they're, they're baptizing the, the babies and then they they. Go through the catechism and they go through, I don't know what they call it. I think they call it confirmation, just like they do for those who were not cradle Catholics. But they don't get baptized if they've already, if you've either been baptized as a Protestant or baptized as a baby, you don't do another baptism. And I think that the commandment is once you're once you've accepted Christ, you're supposed to get baptized. Well, I think they I think they're going to be exempt from that because I don't think it has anything to do with ultimately what they're getting saved has something to do with their obedience and I think they're being obedient just like I did. Mm -hmm. I, didn't, I didn't think I was being disobedient. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so and I, yeah. And I, I was, I was kind of careless there with my language. I don't, it's, it's, I should never be in a place where I say that someone's safe and someone's not. I frequently say, say on here that I believe that that's a very much an internal matter. Um, as far as where your faith is, because there are many people who appear to have been saved, and I don't know, like, I don't know if they are. It's difficult for me to say it from my perspective whether someone else is saved. Well, by their fruits, you shall know them. Right. But yeah. I mean, I want to say again, though, it's that 
same faith that you rely upon the governing disposition that you now have through the Holy Spirit, that same faith that you did not you that did not justify you. That was an imputation. But you converted and God gave it to you as a free gift. But when you get into the sanctification side, once you've accepted, there's that exact same faith, and it's a little faith at first. But you have that faith that produces works. Without faith, works they don't exist. You're not gonna you filthy rags. It's back to those filthy rags you're talking about. You can't even you can't even sanctify yourself without the feeling of the Holy Spirit controlling you. That's the only way you produce faith-based works. If you're trying to go out and be a do-gooder on your own power, man, it's, it's, it's worthless. You've got to have that faith to listen to the Holy Spirit and have it guide you. Mm, yeah. And so to conclude, I want everybody to know that today is very tentative for me as far as all of my remarks go and that I'm not making any heart-based conclusions as far as whether someone's been saved or justified through baptism or whatever it is. Like, this is an ongoing this is an ongoing learning experience for me. So don't take anything I've said as damning someone or determining whether someone's been saved. And I'm going to definitely say that nobody should listen to this podcast and think that something James Wilkerson said should be taken to the bank. I have my opinions. I'm, I'm putting it out there for discussion. So you got to dig that out yourself. <laughs> you know, you have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And I, and I mean that I hope that I maybe help outline the way that the, the the way that I came up. That's all I can do with it. And I believe it. I truly believe it. It's producing results. Um, I, I have supplemented it with teaching from, from Chris and from some people at his church that I, in different ways to think about it. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've learned from Glenn. I've learned a lot from Jim. You know, I learned from everybody, but, but it all still fits into the same system that I grew up with. And so I'm good with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, well, I got to get going, so I will see you guys next week. Okay, we'll let we'll let Glenn talk right. about. All right, thanks, buddy. We'll we'll do that. Adios. And if there's anything you need while you're being a bachelor, let us know. All right. Okay. Thanks. I'll see you guys later. All right. So, uh, um, I, I you know I, I kind of would like to go back to Glenn if you don't mind, because Glenn is. I don't. How would I say this? Um, probably newer to the game of actually getting the theology than we are. Maybe I'm not. I have learned a lot about what it means to be a Christian from Glenn long before this podcast, and um, I've learned about what it means to be effective, which is all from those type of things. But Glenn, what what is your? You're not. You know, you're not going to hurt my feelings. What is your? What is your um, what your observation or your how does it make you think about my theology? Does it make sense to you? Is it is it a little out there? What do you think? No, I think it's pretty mainstream um, from my point of view. I don't know uh, both of y'all, all of y'all. I mean, I think we're like you said, it's frog years. Um, that's where I'm at with it. As far as I think, you know. We don't have a real, we try to understand the Lord and Jesus and everything, but I think it's very hard for our little minds to conceive of what he really is. And if we could, it might blow our brains apart. I, uh, I believe it would. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's 
in my opinion, the, uh, the real crux of most everything we're talking about is we're trying to conceive and fold away as best we can. And if we like everybody's take on this, and I like to sit here out of the point of view, you know, if I was to characterize the Catholic's point of view, which it I'm really hesitant to do, but as I understand it, the Catholic's point of view on uh, justification and sanctification is they kind of happen at the same time, but yeah, you can't sin. Um, no, no, you know, no, you're getting that wrong. I hate to say that. I want to correct that because if anybody's listening to this, they're going to have a wrong app. That's not what they're saying. They're saying okay. that, that, that your freedom from the penalty of sin does require the Christian walk. You will fail. Okay. There's there's reconciliation after. You see, that's even more subtle than I thought it was. So, uh, to me, that's uh, you know one of those. Here's here's where we get into problems. It's just my opinion. Uh, we get into these issues when we say, "Oh, we can figure this out," oh, or "This is absolutely how they believe," but you you don't. Unless you're bathed in it, I don't think you can absolutely understand everything everybody believes. Like, again, you can't read minds. Humans are horrible at that. But we think we're great. Um, that's why I think Man, right there. Was that a, a chunk of wisdom right there? Thank you. That's, that's That made the podcast worth it right there. He's right. Yep. Go ahead, Glenn. I'm yeah. sorry. I had to interrupt you, except I wanted to emphasize it. Go ahead. Okay. So if we look at this, we don't know what's in someone's heart. You know, I... I think we get into these technicalities when and really the way forward is to walk forward. Maybe you walk the wrong direction, but until you, you know, I've heard this one, it's kind of a cliche, but God can't steer a parked car. Um, you know, you've got to move. And uh, if you want to change your perspective, change your situation, change, you know, your life, you have to change your where your body is in that life. That's one of the things, you know, we think about, but our, our spiritual body goes along with that right now while we're on this earth. And so I feel like I get, it saddens me when Christians fight over these little things. Right. And again, again, what's really interesting is, is that because, because of a lot of different reasons for the last three or four years, I have been reading the catechism of the Catholic Church over and over again. And it's to the point where I'm starting to really get it. I'm starting to understand where they're coming from. And I want to say this again. It is a, a person who has advanced as a Christian through the perseverance process, being sanctified by God. At the end, if you become mature, you can't tell the difference between the Catholic or the Protestant because they're the same. They've accepted Christ. They've walked with Christ. They've been justified. They've been sanctified. They didn't have to understand the mechanics of it. We could argue about the mechanics of soteriology. Question is, did you accept Christ as your Savior? Did you turn away from sin and towards Christ? And then did you start being obedient to his commands and what he has in store for you? And it doesn't matter what you are. I don't think that, I, and I argued with my mom over that for years. The preacher that we listened to never claimed what my mom would claim. And I let, my mom was a great mother. I don't, she, all of us are successful. All of us are, you know, we, there's no problem with the way she reared us, but she saw, she saw that there was a lack of salvation for people who did not understand, did not understand perfectly that it was a gift. Now, I, this is what I want to close conclude with. If you don't mind, I'd like to say this to anybody listening to this, that 
at least for me, saying that I cannot take credit for my justification and for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit by union with Christ is a wonderful gift to me. That I know I'm a rotten human being and without God, no telling where I would be. But that that initial acceptance of Christ, I know he gave me that faith. I don't understand how it worked. But that little faith that I had as a little boy, yes, I accept Christ's sacrifice. I accept God's sacrifice. I accept Christ. And I can't baptize. I can't say Hail Mary's. I can't. And I don't think Catholics don't think that's safe either, by the way. But I can't do anything to earn it. I just accept it. And I, and I turned away from that life that would have been materialistic, that would have been maybe even hedonistic. I don't know where it would have gone. But that turning, that initial turning was all God. And that justification where he made me free from that penalty of sin. So I'd never, ever have to worry again about sizzling, frying, and in hell. That's a gift. But I also want to say this. That is rated as it is, and as the pastor that I grew up on would, would say, thing, RB thing, what he would say was, that's the most he could do for you. You're, you're saved from that penalty of sin, but he gives you much more than the most. And that is a union with Christ. He gives that to you. It's a new governing disposition. And if you will walk with him and accept the guidance of the Holy Spirit that's in you as a church, a believer, nobody else had this. You get the experience a portion of heaven with the five senses here on earth, I can't emphasize to you enough if you're not doing that, do it now because you're missing something absolutely wonderful, something absolutely miraculous. And that's where I come from with this theology that I learned. I didn't deserve any of it, but this walk with Christ is absolutely, although undeserved, a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. And and your life is completely and utterly better doing that. And you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we can't leave ourselves feeling nasty, dirty, whatever, because we've been born again. And if we uh, focus on who we were rather than who we are, it's going to impact our life in a negative way. Right. And so that's where I, I, I have come out and I have seen that we've got to preach old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And people understand that and follow that. And there's sanctification that begins to work within that. And uh, actually, uh, the word that we used uh, throughout this thing, oh, actually, it... We have to understand that we've been made a new creature, and that will help us to begin to walk in a sanctified life. I, I like it. This is, this is, I think, let me see if I can say it another way. Too. Okay. Yeah. If you're out there and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, do not let, let the, your sins or anything that's in the past, it's safe, straight from Satan to say you can't be saved. Christ will accept you immediately. Amen. He, in yes. fact, you're the guy he wants. Yes. You're the girl he wants. If you've yes. never accepted this, and you're no, I don't care if you've been a pedophile. I don't care if you've been a murderer. I don't care if you're just, you feel like you've been an idiot. That's who God wants. Yes. He wants you. He's going to accept you. All you got to do is accept him. Amen. Turn away from that life and you're good today. Right. Now, if you've accepted Christ and you've gone astray, God is saying, I want my sheep back. Amen. He'll go after you. He'll come get you. 
Go to 1 John 1, 9, confess your sins. That's all you do. And if you know what? He, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. He'll have you back today. He's looking for the lost coin. He's looking for the sheep that has strayed aside. He's looking for the son that is left and is now in the hog pen. He is looking for you today. I agree. I agree. And Glenn, you know, you don't have to tie the the, the PJs into it today, but is it, wouldn't you just, isn't it the very best experience you've had that coffee this morning? Was that good? Was that good coffee? Uh, yes, I'm talking, I'm talking to Chris. Yes, that's he is, good coffee. Chris, Chris is drinking PJ's French blend in a PJ's coffee cup, and that coffee cup is awesome. It is the best coffee cup I think I've ever seen. It's a fabulous coffee cup, PJ's coffee. And it's talking about the Shreveport area. Where is it, Glenn? It's in Hawden, Louisiana. You can pick up those cups uh, in the PJs in Hawden. Buy them. They're, I have quite a few of them. Uh, and I enjoy it. In fact, I go for those every night when I'm uh, going to drink some hot tea. Uh, they're great for everything. And, of course, PJs coffee is a wonderful enhancement to your life. Not like... Christ's forgiveness, however, there's nothing to compare to that. However, you sure can understand things that the Jesus and God are talking to you about with a little more enhancement of caffeine or all-natural Red Bull. Of course, pastries make that even better. And uh, lunch and uh, breakfast sandwiches as long with Zap chips. I mean, you know, James says they touch your mouth, but not if you drink some PJ's coffee. Right <laughs> hey, I cut my mouth any day of the week. You give me Zap chips, I'll eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Anyway, it was a blast. All today. your coffee needs in Hong Louisiana. I agree. Thank you, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, guys. It was a blast today. I hope that this podcast has been a blessing to somebody today, and we will be back tomorrow with Louisiana news. Wait, we'll be back yesterday with Louisiana News. Back yesterday with Louisiana News. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about technology, James. Come on. Yes, tomorrow's technology, but yesterday we will have talked about <laughs> we will have talked about Louisiana News with Ben. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.